Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. My name is Ryan Miner. You're listening to a minor detail on Blog Talk Radio. You can find us on the web at aminordetail.com. Uh, my co-host tonight, Eric Beasley, um, was unfortunately unable to to make the show. Um, he is uh, <laughs> resting comfortably at, at home uh, and working uh, steadily to take care of his new baby. Um, and so we are. I am going to be doing this show solo tonight, and we're doing a special edition of the show based upon what had happened with the Hagerstown City Police incident that I'm sure that many of you are aware of. And I'm going to do this as sensitive as possible. Uh, it's important that we, we talk about this. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, a very, it's a very sensitive topic, and I, um, I'm going to do it the best that I can. Please be part of this show by dialing area code 646-716-5971. I have complete autonomy over the board. Uh, if you decide to call in, we'll have the discussion. If not, I understand. But we're going to talk about what had happened in the last few days, starting on Sunday, that all the events that transpired until today regarding the young woman uh, who was maced, by police, uh, was stopped at a lawful detention uh, in downtown Hagerstown, and we're going to talk about whether the incident was right or wrong, and we're going to cover the facts, and that's just what we do at a minor detail, and I I come into this, um, and just as a preamble into this show, please understand that what we do, I, you know, we say we're journalists, okay, but we have an opinion, and we we come at this knowing that our blog has a slant. We are libertarians, Eric and I, and we both uh, write editorials. We, we both uh, opine about subjects of which we are passionate about, and uh, we do cover the news, and we do cover it as balanced as possible. So please understand that I speak um, from my own personal opinion um, and that we, although we consider ourselves a new media outlet, um, we are not so, I would say, in the traditional sense as in the Herald Mail or WHAG-TV. We're just two guys that bring the news to you with a libertarian bent. Um, so please understand that when I say that I'm a libertarian, that also carries over to being a civil libertarian, meaning that I watch the same videos as you have of police – and citizens' encounters. I watch the young man up and I think right outside of St. Paul be shot by police. I've watched the same videos of Michael Brown, of you know, of the I followed the Freddie Gray incident. And it's important that we take this on a case by case basis. And I've seen videos of Incidences where I am not comfortable with between police interact with interactions between police and the community. So let's just so let's just put this out there now that when any sort of civil liberty is infringed upon, or any sort of injustice when a state actor overexerts their power as an actor of the state, 
whether it be police, judicial, a politician, and it infringes upon someone else's or my own civil liberties, I can promise you, invariably, Eric and I will be the first ones to call it out and to discuss the issue. But as we watch these police incidents take place in our country, you know, just tonight we, I, I watched on television the Charlotte, North Carolina episode. And we have a serious problem in our country. And maybe some has some of that problem revolves around what some believe is racial tensions between city police departments and communities. And sure, that's there's no doubt. Undoubtedly that is that has become a central issue in this country that has exacerbated itself, I'd say over the last five to ten years. But that you didn't think that it could actually an incident with involving police and a citizen, or nonetheless a 15-year-old girl, what happened in your hometown of Hagerstown, Maryland. So I just want to say that I approach each of these issues case by case. I look at the facts. I gather the facts first, and then I make a determination based on what the facts say. And in this case, we have, a, we have video from all angles, from a citizen, and from police themselves. And I think it's important to note that if this incident teaches us nothing else, it should teach us that body cameras for police has been the biggest breakthrough in community policing as well as in technology in the last decade. Because what the body camera video in this particular police incident does, it shows the real story. Independent and autonomous of social media, it shows the real story because you view it from the same perspective as the Hagerstown City Police have viewed the video. They didn't docker it, and it corroborates the same video that the young gentleman on the street to which we'll get to shot. So let's start this discussion. I guess it was yesterday morning. I see a video posted by Robin Ficker Law Offices on Facebook. And Mr. Ficker posted the following on September the 20th at 10.05 p.m. With a picture, a corresponding picture and video of the incident recorded by a bystander who was witness to the event to which we'll discuss. And Mr. Ficker wrote on his public Facebook page, the little girl, five foot, five feet, 105 pounds, was brutalized by Hagerstown police after she, on her bike, was hit by a car but refused medical treatment. They slammed her against a wall arrested her for refusing treatment, maced her four times in the police car while handcuffed, and took her to the police station instead of the hospital. Wow. So basically, Robin Ficker, who is an attorney from Montgomery County, is accusing the Hagerstown City Police, and I quote, brutalizing 
a young girl from Hagerstown, Maryland. And I thought, hmm, what's the deal? Let's investigate, and we have. So let me start out by saying I know Robin Ficker, and if Robin Ficker is listening, which I'm sure he's not, uh, I'm sure that he has plenty of other more important things to do than listen to this radio show. But if Mr. Ficker is listening, I would love for him to return my phone calls, repeated phone calls, as well as voicemails. And he can dial in here at 646-716-5971 and have that discussion with me. I'm, I, I, I would appreciate it, but I don't imagine that's going to happen. So Mr. Ficker decides to to post this, and I said, well, I know Robin Ficker, and if you don't know Robin Ficker, just Google the guy. Just Google him. He's a Montgomery County attorney. He's a perennial candidate. In fact, you might have seen his signs placed everywhere that, where they shouldn't have been, up in Washington County or driving down Interstate 70 or on 270. He recently ran for Congress, and he runs for almost every office, every term. And he's been known as this guy that's been thrown out of basketball games. He's a sport tackler. And he's sort of this general gadfly that just bounces around. And he's a pain in the butt. He's not a serious person. He's been suspended twice. And recently we wrote a piece about Robin Ficker when he was running for Congress, Congress nonetheless, in the 6th Congressional District, which includes the city of Hagerstown. And we talked about Robin Ficker's career practicing law, and we said and wrote that it's less than reputable. In fact, his law license has been suspended twice in the last 20 years, once in 1998 and then again in 2007. Would you hire Robin Ficker as your attorney? So in 1990, Ficker was publicly reprimanded by the Maryland Court of Appeals upon a finding that he had violated ethical rules prohibiting neglect, engaged, and conduct prejudicial to the administration of justice and lack of diligence. And then in March 1998, he was indefinitely suspended from the practice of law with the right to reapply for admission after 120 days. So then on March 10, 1998, the Maryland Attorney Grievance Commission filed an opinion against Robin Ficker listing the following grievance, and, it, and I quote, duty to provide competent representation. Repeat, duty to provide competent rep- representation to assure that subordinate lawyers provide competent representation to have in place appropriate case management procedures. So at the conclusion of the 1998 grievance against Ficker, the body issued the following recommendation. For the violations found in these cases, and in light of Ficker's previous reprimand, we believe that appropriate sanction is an indefinite suspension from the practice of law with the right to reapply for admission after 120 days from the effective date of suspension. The suspension shall commence 30 days from the filing of this opinion. So the Attorney Grievance Commission of Maryland listed several conditions that Ficker was required to meet before his license could be reinstated. He had to pay all costs, and he had to 
basically rectify his grievances that the commission found. So then again, in, after the 1998 suspension, you would think that perhaps as an attorney who was just suspended, he could follow the basic rules of conduct, or perhaps he would have already invested in the scheduler to handle, I guess, what was an absorbent caseload. And apparently, I guess, Robin Ficker couldn't do the right thing. So then again, on June 7, 2007, the Maryland Attorney Grievance Commission issued the following written statement in its findings. We see in these violations an inexcusable lack of concern on Ficker's part for the welfare of his clients and unwillingness, after forewarnings, to make the necessary improvements to his office management accordingly. They sanctioned him for in, an indefinite suspension from the practice of law and suspended him from a year for a year from practicing. So then he was charged with violations of the Maryland Rules of Professional Conduct, mostly emanating from carelessness in the running of his office that resulted in failures on his part or in the part of lawyers he was responsible for, supervising to appear in court or otherwise properly attend to client matters. So a twice-suspended lawyer who is known to be an ambulance chaser goes out and posts this on Facebook thinking, okay – and I should mention that Ficker regularly appears on the low-rated television show Nancy Grace that like nobody watches except when she's talking about Casey Anthony. If Robin Ficker has his footprints on anything, you should view it under the lens of suspect. He's just not someone that you can count on to tell you the full picture. In fact, he is the epitome of that kind of lawyer where you say, gee, I never want my kid to become a lawyer because of reasons like Robin Ficker, which is sad because I know plenty of great lawyers. So Ficker, it looks like, has – I don't know whether Ficker has reached out to the family involved, including the young girl who was the subject of this police incident, or whether they reached out to him. I, I, can't, I can't corroborate what that story is, but if I have my guess, Ficker somehow found out that this was happening, and like the lawyer he is with – and. His instincts took over and said, you know what, I could make this – I could turn this into a big publicity stunt, and I'll give Ficker credit because he understands what plays and what does not, and he knows how to pull the right strings. He knows how to pull out all the stops, and he knows how to be a television lawyer, and that's exactly what you're getting, and you're getting a clown show. So for an incident as serious as a young teenage girl being detained by the police, maced… A video, and then, you know, add in the, I guess, the element of race because the girl is part African American, or she's her background is African American and Caucasian. I believe her mother is a Caucasian woman, and her father is a African American male. And we'll get to that. I mean, in the press conference today, I should add incidentally that her mother said that this there's this has nothing to do with race. Except we see protesters in front of the Hagerstown police station 
holding Black Lives Matter signs. And by several reports from my sources inside the police and elsewhere, they're busing Black Lives Matter, Black, Black Lives Matter protesters from Baltimore up to the city of Hagerstown for God only knows what reason. But this has nothing to do with race. So they hire Robin Ficker as their attorney, and I, I just – if the family is listening, you have to understand that if you want to be taken seriously, and I know you do because this is a very serious incident, and for that, I respect that. I understand and empathize with the sensitivity and the nature of this case. So please, please do not think that I'm attempting to take away – from how sensitive this case really is, and it is. It involves some very serious issues, cultural issues, policing issues. But when hiring Robin Ficker as your attorney and appearing with him at a press conference today, that does not scream that you're serious about being taken serious in a community such as Hagerstown. Because let me explain to you that, look, I'm, I'm certainly not a perfect guy, and I've spoiled my reputation in certain elements. I mean, people in what's happened in Hagerstown groups, they like to bring up, oh, you're a failed candidate for the Board of Education in Washington County. Yeah, I know, I know. I gave it a good shot, and then we started a minor detail in 2015. We began blogging. I I pursued another passion, and that's part journalism, part blogging, whatever. It's, it's, it, this is a hobby for me that has turned into something that I like to do almost on the daily. But anyway, but if you want to be taken serious and you have Robin Ficker as your attorney, he's one of the least respected attorneys in the state of Maryland. Not only that, his reputation among judges around western Maryland – Walk into a courthouse and ask a judge or another attorney what they think of Robin Ficker. Pull them aside and say, tell me what you think of Robin Ficker. The number to our show is 646-716-5971. Call in. Be part of the discussion. We're talking about the Hagerstown City Police incident that took place this past Sunday. So I feel for this young girl and her family – I don't know if they couldn't find a better attorney or you know, if it's a financial thing. I don't know. Or maybe Robin Ficker is representing this family pro bono, which I have a, I have a hunch that's probably what it is. So Mr. Ficker can once again make a public spectacle to come up to a community that he, he's not from, doesn't understand, doesn't give a damn about. And get himself in print to only bolster his own law practice, if that's what you want to call it. And I feel bad for this young girl because this is a travesty of justice because Robin Ficker is not representing you. If you want a real attorney, go out and find a real attorney. Go out and find a real attorney… That isn't universally despised and detested in courthouses all over the state of Maryland who hasn't been suspended twice 
who isn't known for being a perennial candidate, a public showboat, all those things, don't take my word for it. Go out. Google him. You'll see what kind of attorney Robin Ficker is, and we'll get to this press conference later. But if this family is listening, I would suggest you drop Ficker, and if you want a real attorney, go out and find a real one. There's many fantastic attorneys in the city of Hagerstown who I'm sure would be probably willing to at least take the case to navigate you through the tricky waters because, let's face it, the young girl, the 15-year-old, is facing some charges as a consequence of what happened that could have been totally avoided. So let's get to the incident. How would I know about the incident without a video? Thank God. So I watched the video, the release. Well, I first watched the video of the, the young man that took the video while the incident was occurring, and that was when we first saw. And then I believe it was late last night that the Hagerstown City Police released the the police video, the body, the body camera video, and boy, when people took to social media before this incident occurred, you saw the comments. Just look at the what's happening in Hagerstown groups. I mean, people were were coming out and saying, "Oh, you know, this is another this is another incident of police brutality. This is, you know." And then here's Robin Ficker inciting this, fanning the flames that this young, innocent young girl was brutalized by two burly police officers slammed to the ground, overexerted their badge, their force. And you know what turns out that after I watch the video, and I approach every issue with a grain of salt and also with an open mind, ready to ascertain all the facts and the problem with social media is, is that anybody with half of an opinion can rush out and present half the story that may not even corroborate any of the facts, a quarter of the facts. It's like pay, playing the game of telephone where somebody tells something, and then they call the next person and the next person, and suddenly that Aunt Sally's going to park to the park this afternoon turns into – Aunt Sally's getting married to a, a man with six tattoos and a biker and is joining a gang, to use that as a graphic example. So the social media commentators, it's like, please, okay? Everybody rushes to – before they have the facts, they rush to social media, and they come out with, oh, well, you know, judge, jury, and executioner, and then Facebook court opens up, and then everybody – wants to condemn police because it's the popular thing to do, I guess, at this point in the in our culture. I condemn police when they're wrong. And we've seen incidences around the country where police have been wrong. And I've called it out. We've written about it. We've talked about it ad nauseum. And I just hope that I hope that that rectifies itself because any time that police overuse or who use force in excess when they could have mitigated a situation using a different method and someone ends up getting hurt or killed as a result, that's a problem. 
That is a problem. But after watching this video, folks, it's a clear-cut case that the police did exactly everything that they were supposed to do. They followed their protocol exactly as it's probably written within the instructional manual. They practiced and articulated the training. And let's talk about this. So what's, what's the first thing we see in the police video? So the camera turns on, and we see it looks like a, an elderly gentleman, a motorist. He was driving down the street. He had the green light, and the young girl on the bicycle, according to police, according to the bystanders that I've – and sources, she didn't stop. She hit the man's driver's side door, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. Now, she says she's hurt. Now, she's, she's riding around on her bicycle. And police approach her, and then the first thing we hear from this young girl is, don't fucking touch me. Repeat, don't fucking touch me, okay? So they're trying to find out what's going on. Look, the gentleman said that he had called the police, and he, they, they contacted EMS services because when, a, when, a, when someone on a bicycle runs into a vehicle – Let's just say invariably that the vehicle is going to win that fight. The vehicle is going to win the fight. So, of course, the young girl, she probably made a mistake. You know, hell, I know that sometimes when I'm driving, you know, I'm guilty of it. I'm, I'm distracted. We all do it. Sometimes I text and drive. I've been pulled over for texting and driving, and I pled guilty for texting and driving. So there's that. Look, I'm guilty of it. So I get it. I understand it. It's not the right thing to do. It's not within the letter of the law. But come on, let's face it. We're, sometimes we all do these things that we're not supposed to do. It's not an excuse, but it happens. So the girl hits the side of the door. What happens next? Well, according to the law, they got to find out what's going on because they're doing an investigation. The man, the elderly man with the vehicle, polite as could possibly be, explain the situation. And then police doing their due diligence. And look, they got a tough job. They got to find out what's going on. They got to file a report. There's just paperwork after paperwork. And, you know, being a cop, I, I, I don't know, but I can imagine that it's sometimes very tedious. You have to be precise. You're creating reports that could, that could affect the lives of not just one but possibly hundreds of people, and down the road you've got to go and appear in court. And so they have a job that sometimes that we take for granted how difficult it, it is. And so the, these two police officers walk over, and then you see her screaming, walking away, riding her bicycle in circles. And then she says, don't touch me. And then it looks like her friend walks over, a young African-American gentleman, that says, you're going to make this worse than what it is. And then she starts screaming, call my fucking parents. And we'll get to this later, but she 
during the press conference today in which she was standing by with her mother, a member, a representative of her family, and her attorney, Robin Ficker, she, she claims that she was unconscious or had some sort of concussion preceding her talking to the police. So my question is, if this young lady had a concussion or was that badly injured after refusing medical attention, how does one get back up on their bike and start to ride around in circles and be able to cohesively and coherently, cognitively communicate with police? Somebody needs to answer that for me. And maybe you can. 646-716-5971. So then, after not cooperating, she tries to flee the scene. You can see this in this video. She tries to flee the scene. Okay, and let's, and let's put this all into context and perspective. This is a young girl in the city of Hagerstown on a Sunday afternoon riding a bicycle. She's 15 years old, just turned 15, as Robin Ficker aggressively chimed in during the press conference. She's probably scared. It's true. It's, I absolutely understand dealing with police. And I mean that. I've had, I've had run-ins with police. 99% of them were good and maybe 1% weren't so good. I mean I was a college student before who had a big mouth, and I had to learn the hard way. You know, when you want to mouth off the cops and you think you know it all, you're just not going to win that battle. So if you're listening to this show tonight, and maybe we'll get to the crux of this. We're going to get to the crux of this whole situation. But if you're listening to the show, and what I can tell you, as someone who cares about civil liberties and constitutional liberties, in this case, had this young girl known – that when she was being approached by police and when they subsequently detained her, all she needed to say – it's kind of like – I use the expression illegal condom. Oh, I'm being detained? Okay, I, requ I respectfully request to remain silent. I want a lawyer. I want to talk to my parents, and that's it. When you hear those words and you ask, sometimes you have to ask, am I being detained, yes or no? And the police officer says, yes, you are being detained. Thank you, officer. I respectfully request to remain silent. I want a lawyer. And that's that. She could have said nothing. Absolutely nothing. And I get it. 15-year-olds typically don't – are not going to, I would say, know the Constitution back and forth. Or invoke their Fifth Amendment rights to, yes, indeed, remain silent and wait for counsel to be present. And that's fine. We don't expect 15-year-olds to understand that basic fundamental concept. But damn it, maybe we should start teaching that at a very young age. Maybe a course in civil liberty should start happening in elementary school. Maybe we should start teaching people how to interact with police at a very early age or how to invoke one's rights and what those rights mean. And why we have those rights, because I cherish those rights. I cherish those liberties. When somebody wants to illegally spy on me or come into my home without a search warrant, then they can get the hell off my front porch 
and exit down the street. If I don't want to talk to a police officer and with whatever reason, I don't have to. If a police officer randomly stops me without reasonable suspicion, you can bet you that, one, I am not going to give my name because I have the right not to. But they were conducting an investigation, so let's put this into context. She hit a car while riding on a bicycle, according to like every witness there, and then she was being detained by police, meaning where you can't leave. When you're detained, that means that, no, you are not free to go, that they can hold you for a, not an indefinite period of time, but they can hold you for reasonable questioning. So she was detained. And what she could have said to prevent any of this from happening, to prevent this entire spectacle from occurring is, I wish to remain silent. I'd like to talk to my mom. Here's her number. Let's get her down here. But instead, she says, don't fucking touch me. She was yelling and screaming to the police. And they told her, you're being detained for not cooperating in an investigation. They literally said that to her, and I'm sorry, but yes, she maybe have been ignorant of the law, but that's still not necessarily an excuse. They said, stop, stop. You're going to get hurt because she was acting belligerently. Stop. You're going to get hurt. They told her you are going to get hurt. When a police officer tells you that you're going to get hurt… You're going to it, – it's probably going to happen. If you're resisting detainment, or God forbid if they have – if they elevate the situation to where they have probable cause to arrest you, the last thing you want to do and – and, and let me make – and let me say this emphatically. Don't resist. That's what we have a judicial system for. That's why we have body cameras so we can sort this at, matter out in court. That's why you hire a respectable lawyer who has credibility, and someone that isn't here just to increase his television presence. You hire a respectable person to represent you, whether you are in the right or the wrong, and that's a lawyer's job. A lawyer's job is not to judge you. A lawyer's job is to get you the best possible legal representation and to provide an a adequate defense within the parameters of being an attorney. So let's keep going. So she re resists de this detainment by the police. Then she starts running. Then she starts to scream. I mean, not just scream, but wallow. I mean, it was a, it was a pretty piercing scream. Then the police officer says, one of the police officers involved in this incident say, listen, we are trying to help you. We need your parent here. You can hear this clearly uttered on the video. And then she proceeds to say, they're watching a fucking football game. Well, okay. I mean, I don't know what I think. I was probably watching a fucking football game on Sunday afternoon, as most Americans do, from September 1 or you know, to February 1. It's sort of just what we do on Sundays. I get it. Maybe she didn't want to disturb mom and dad. She didn't want to face those consequences. But let me tell you, facing legal consequences... 
is probably a little bit worse than what maybe would have happened with mom and dad. And look, I'm not in her shoes. I don't know her situation. I'm not here to judge. And by the way, I'm not judging. I'm just I'm, – I'm looking at the facts. I'm looking at what happened. We're talking about this incident because it is now a media spectacle in Washington County, largely as a result of people like Robin Ficker who blow this situation up entirely out of proportion, causing Hagerstown City Police and the city of Hagerstown to expend thousands of dollars in resources – to handle this one problem that could have been resolved with, I wish to remain silent. Please get my mom. So anyway, then they get her sitting down on the street, and then it looks like she spits. I don't know if she spits at the cops or if she just spits the spit on the ground. Who knows? I, I don't know. Then one of the police officers asks one of the bystanders who's watching this and maybe recording the incident – whether or not they could call their parents, her parents. Then the officer, they're holding her by her backpack, and they repeatedly explained why they were holding her down. She continues to resist. She kicks. She screams. And according to the video, she even kicks the camera. And then they eventually carry the subject of the police car. She's kicking. She's screaming. She's making a huge scene because she doesn't want to give them any – her name, her, her information, her parents. And look, we understand she's scared. We know how tense these situations can be. The officers never once cursed at her, raised their voice. They were professional to the extent that you know, dealing with someone who was unruly – look, I get it. And look, and I want to make this point. I'm a 210-pound guy, almost six foot. I'm a husky guy. Had I been the subject doing the same exact activity as she was, my face would have been – they would have had to use the force, reasonable force that they deem necessary. And instead, they would have body slammed me into the ground to, re to detain me and to control what the situation, which – Probably would have been a measured use of force in that case compared to someone that's five foot, 105 pounds, and someone who is five foot, 11 and a half, and 210 pounds. And you can see that they are in the video. I looked at, I noticed it right away. You can see that they are almost overdoing it by trying to be sensitive to her size. This is right on the video. You can go to the internet and watch this. You know, go look on the Herald Mail's website. So they, they take her in the car. Then she screams for an African-American officer, as she describes, named Zach. She apparently knows him or that her family knows him. And they say, we can't get Zach. He's not working today. I mean, I – okay. I mean, I get it. Maybe they <laughs> – I don't know. So then the incident with the pepper spray – Here's how this thing resolved. So this is where we are. Up until now, there's no question that the police followed procedure, practiced their training to a T. I mean, and of course, during the press conference today with the Hagerstown police chief, maybe they could learn something from this incident. Who knows? Maybe they could take a takeaway. Maybe there is a, a, a serious takeaway 
that this is a learning op- – every police incident is another opportunity to make it better and to improve the relationship between motorists, pedestrians, and, and police. And I believe that. I, I think that they seriously review all the department's policies and procedures, and they make it better. We had our own incident in Montgomery County where we met with an officer that we thought maybe – or I'm sorry. We met with the chief of police, and I'm not going to go into that, but – we had some qualms about an incident, and we met with a commander who assuaged us in a, in a very big way. So this young girl would not put her feet into the vehicle after they told her to. The officer, he said, she's going to get sprayed. He said, you're going to get sprayed. Pull your feet in, he said. Calm down. They say this repeatedly. Put your feet in the car for me. So then (laughs) after more resisting a lawful order, it looks like Casey Constable, who is a tremendous asset to the Hagerstown Police Department, walks over and and says, let me talk to him. Okay, and and Casey – I mean I don't – I know Casey not well, but I I, I know him. He's a good guy, and he's a listener – this is a this is a good police officer. Casey Constable is the definition of a good and decent police officer and representative of the state. Period. And he says, "Ma'am, I need you to calm down." And then he asked a couple of questions. First, he says, "So, where does your mom live?" "Where does your mom live?" She wouldn't tell him. She was screaming, belligerent. And he says to her, and this is important. He says, "You help me." I help you. And you could tell Casey was getting frustrated, but he kept his calm, maintained his demeanor, and then he asks her again, so where is your mom at? So then this girl says, I'm telling my dad. I don't know what that means. She may have said, you know, I don't know if that was, I'm going to tell my dad so he can come kick the shit out of you, or I'm going to tell my dad because I don't want to go tell my mom what's going I don't know. I don't, I don't know what that means, so you would have to ask the young lady. And then she says, sort of inexplicably, and I'm paraphrasing, she either says, you're going to fucking die, you stupid bitch, get out of my face, or I hope you're going to fucking die, you stupid bitch, get out of my face. So once again, the officer chagrin, the 15-year-old subject who is being detained for an investigation after what appears to be her running into a motorist driver's side door on a bicycle, attempting to flee the scene of the accident, they say, get your feet in. Get your feet in. And folks… When a police officer tells you something, they are not standing there to say that for their health. And look, as much as we may disagree with the order, please follow the order because the next step is not going to be pleasant. It's just not a battle that you're going to win whether you like it or not. And if you want to change the law, then there's a few different routes that I would love more people to be involved in, and that is to go out. Run for state delegate or city council or mayor or 
U.S. Congress or U.S. Senate or whatever elected office that has a legislative body that controls and passes legislation to which is signed and then turned into law. So if you disagree with the law, you have multiple outlets to express your disagreement in a professional, professional, reasonable way. I have many, many grievances with the federal government, and God only knows because I'm a libertarian Republican. <laughs> I probably have way more than most people because really I just want the government to leave me alone. I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to be – I don't want my journey as I'm walking down the street to be impeded. I don't want to be stopped and frisked for whatever manufactured reason. I don't want to be stopped on the interstate. I don't want to drive through a sobriety checkpoint and be forced to tell the police whether I've been drinking or not. No. What I do is remain silent and ask for a lawyer. So look, I get it. I'm a civil libertarian. I get it. It's who I am. So then here's what happens. The young lady, again refuses to submit to the officer's request, she doesn't put her feet in. And they say again, okay, put your feet in or you're getting sprayed. And they say that with gusto, with force, and they're robust. They're not joking. They have to get back to the station to do their job. She is screaming. She is absolutely incapable of following the law, as you will see on the video, and following the officer's request. So what are they going to do? Are they going to climb into the back of the police car and physically grab her or pick her up? I mean, are they going to physically encroach on her again, as some would say, and forcibly remove her and put her and then close the doors? I mean, that's a whole separate issue that could cause more concern. So what they did, using the training that was provided to them, which is standard – they assessed the situation and thought which is the least amount of force to mitigate the situation and pepper spray was the potion quite literally it's the least offensive it's not a stun gun it's not, I'm sorry it's not a taser it's certainly not a weapon or a pistol how can they get the best outcome with the least amount of force, and pepper spray was on the docket? They had warned her, I heard, at least four to five times. They said, you're going to get sprayed. And one of the police officers said, it's not going to feel good. Yeah, I've been pepper sprayed before, not, <laughs> not by police. I can promise you that. But I have been pepper sprayed before, and no, it doesn't feel good. So the pepper spray through the window, and they sprayed her, and then she apparently decided to listen because no, as I could imagine, it didn't feel good. So it's debatable. I mean this is a topic where I think that you could have a reasonable debate and ask questions that – you know. Is it true – is it true that 
The police could have chosen an alternative, maybe. And that's a question that you can ask the city of Hagerstown. You can ask the Hagerstown City Police. I don't know. So then they take her off back to the station, and they call her mother, and then then we get to the other press conferences today, one given by the Hagerstown City Police that was backed up by Mayor Geisberts and City Councilman Munson and City Councilman Metzner. And I got to say, I'm impressed by the, the professionalism of the Hagerstown City Police. Folks, the young girl made a mistake. Yes, she was scared. Yes, it was a tense situation probably one that she hasn't encountered before. I don't know. Or maybe she's a problem child. I don't know. Maybe police know or have had other interactions with her. We just don't know. But her behavior that she exhibited there, it could have been better. And I'll say this again. Had she cooperated... None of this would have happened. None of this would have happened. All of this would have been avoided. The media spectacle, the thousands of dollars that this is costing the city of Hagerstown, the time away from actual policing, the apparent busloads, the putative trips of people coming up from Baltimore to make a scene, to hold up Black Lives Matter signs, to roam the streets, to cause more unrest, more concerned citizens. And look, I take this personally because the city of Hagerstown, I was born and raised there, folks. My granddaddy was born in 1925 up on West Side Avenue. My grandmother right down the street. This has been my home for almost all of my life. And yes, I don't live in Hagerstown any longer. I live in Montgomery County. And some people like, like, they think, oh, well, you can't talk about Hagerstown if you don't live in Hagerstown. No, I know Hagerstown. I live there most of my life. I am born and bred. I am Hagerstown through and through. I'm proud of my town. I'm proud of what it has accomplished. I'm proud of the Hagerstown City Police. I'm proud of the Marin City Council and the work that they're doing. And this is home. This is my home. And when I see shit like this happening, I get frustrated. This is frustrating because all of this could have been avoided with some education. And I don't know where that lacks. And maybe this young girl just needs to be educated about how to interact with police in these tense situations because they are not as some have said you know police are not out to be the bad guy in every situation if it was bad policing we would be on this show and it would be a markedly different tone we would have called this out 
if it was bad policing, that would be an entirely different story. And we would have said as much, and we would have expected some sort of justice or, let's say, an injustice to be rectified immediately. But it wasn't like that. It didn't happen that way because the facts show that. The video shows that. It's indisputable. If you have a disagreement with me, then I encourage you to join the show. 646-716-5971. Call in, voice your opinion, tell me if I'm right, I'm wrong, or if I'm out in left field, if I'm crazy. So the day after all this was going down and there was protests yesterday out in front of the Hagerstown Police Department, Black Lives Matter people coming out, Blue Lives Matter I mean, look, I understand. I can understand the tensions. I know what it, I, I do. I, I get it. You know, I was the guy that during the unrest in Baltimore of last year, and, and I can tell you, Kim thought I was crazy. The day after this incident happened, I believe it was on a Monday night where the riots happened, on Tuesday, I drove down to where the CVS was, and I walked around and I talked to people all on the streets of Baltimore, and I said, I want to know what the hell is going on down here, why you think this could happen, what could be better, how can we improve relations with the police? I went it. I saw it. I did it. I had those conversations, and you know what? I'm a white guy born in a middle-class family who was raised in a great had great schools, and was many way, in many ways very, very lucky. And I lived a blessed life, and I had things that other people didn't have. And yes, I was probably spoiled in some ways. And so I can't tell you exactly. I, can't, I, I, I don't live the lives that, some, that many people do live in the, who grew up in the city of Baltimore or in – certain parts of Hagerstown. But I can try to understand, and I can try to understand how we can resolve these outstanding problems that people have between, com- between the police, between citizens just like you and me. So today at 3 o'clock, the Hagerstown City Police held a press conference and the new, the new chief of police, Victor Brito, talked about the incident, and he answered questions, and he started out, and he said it's the job – it's his job to act in the interest of all their citizens and communities. And he said the officers applied their training and used an appropriate level of force. So then he went into the incident. And talked about it piece by piece. He said that they received a 911 call by a motorist, which you see on the tape. And he was stuck. And apparently the motorist was struck in his vehicle by the bicyclist. And then HPD was notified. EMS responded. 
They spoke with the driver, which you can see on the video. And this all occurred at North Locust Street in Randolph. And the gentleman was traveling on North Locust. He was at a green light, bike hit him. We know the story. Then apparently she tried to drive away. And as I said earlier, she became uncooperative. And this is, I'm just repeating and paraphrasing some of what the chief of police today of Hagerstown spoke about during his press conference. And he said she became assaultive and combative. Then he said, according to state law, which is exactly true, they had to investigate this incident. So the man's vehicle was damaged. They had the subject, the alleged damager, on scene, who then became belligerent. They told her, stop resisting. They recognized, the police chief said, that she's a juvenile. And then he went on to talk about the incident. He answered some questions. And he said explicitly that his police officers did not use excessive force. It never happened. No, she wasn't slammed on the ground. They used the same techniques as they would use on anyone practically to restrain their arms during a detainment. They took her to the station, and this is an important fact. The EMS has said <coughs> excuse me, over and over that she refused treatment. However, that story doesn't, always, doesn't actually match up because, as we'll learn later from a different press conference, a press conference that occurred two hours after this press conference, she said that she had a concussion. So if you have a concussion, if you're dazed, if you lose consciousness, but yet you refuse treatment, and according to her, she said this, and this might have been a bit of hyperbole, 30 times she refused, she said, her words. Listen to the press conference. But she never – but she refused emergency services. So the police never went to the hospital. They took her to the station. And it's not typical protocol that police would take you, and in a situation like this, to the hospital. They took her back to the station. She was able to wash out her eyes. And look, we know that being pepper sprayed is unpleasant as it is. You wash out your eyes. It goes away. It, you know, everybody's different. You know, it's a chemical reaction, so everybody reacts differently. So, you know, maybe it really hurt her. Maybe it did. I don't know. I wasn't there. So anyway, I just – I have to go back to this Robin Ficker thing because they had a press conference today at 5 o'clock p.m. in front of the Hagerstown City Police Department on there on Burhands. And it's just – it was a total epic cluster. You know what? It was a mess. It was a disservice to the young girl. It was a disservice to the community. I mean if she wanted to publicize this event in a way that made them look serious, well, they just went 180 percent in the opposite direction. 
by having Robin Ficker, this goofy, immature, ridiculous, ambulance-chasing, two-bit hack of an attorney, stand next to her. And, and, and you know, I've heard from people today and the legal community. We're talking well-respected members of Hagerstown's legal community who said this is just – and I and I'll repeat this, and I won't give any names, but they said – this, this girl has done herself such a disservice. It's a travesty, and I keep using that word because it is. They hired the worst possible lawyer they could hire. They make – they're making themselves – they're self-beclowning themselves because they have this guy representing them. Nobody takes this guy seriously <laughs> as an attorney. Come down to Montgomery County and ask people. Robin Ficker, ask local attorneys up in Hagerstown. Read our website. Go to our website, aminordetail.com, and learn who Robin Ficker is. Type his name in our search box. There's some goodies. Anyway, they had this press conference today. Ficker's standing there, and I just – the minute that it kicked off, I said, oh, God, this is going to – this is just going to be – just one of those things that you're going to you, – it's just going to be so disgusting. There's so many times I felt like turning it off. It was nothing but a reality TV show unfolding in real time in your own community. And you're like, is this really happening? So Figger claims that she was hit by the car. She was unconscious for about two minutes. She's an honor student and a wrestler. And apparently the police never told her why they were detaining her. You don't know why you're going to be stopped and questioned. And she's walking, she's riding her bike in circles. Then Flicker says they flung her into a windowsill, never given any water. And then he goes on to make an ir- the, the most irresponsible thing he could comment he could have made in this entire epic shit show of a press conference. He said, this is one of the worst cases of police brutality I have ever seen in more than 40 years of practicing law. No, Robin. This is one of the most egregious, disgusting publicity stunts I have ever seen since – you know what? I don't even know. I mean this is is bad. And then Robin Ficker goes on to say, their lawyer says, she should have been given loving, tender care. Yes, so police should have brought her a cup of coffee and whipped out a tuna fish sandwich and said, this is the appetizer before we head down to 28 South and have the main course. Are you kidding me? Then Ficker said she didn't – or I'm sorry. Then the the young girl got up to the microphone and made a statement, which she read from her cell phone. She said she didn't feel comfortable giving police officers her info, but tells them to – however, she tells them to fuck off. So during this entire altercation between herself and the police officers – 
when did she mention that she would just been unconscious as Robin Ficker just alluded to? She claims that she had a panic attack. She claims that she blacked out. However, she refused medical treatment and her words over 30 times. She said they snatched me up and put me into the car roughly. And then Figger said that when then she did go to the hospital later, apparently her parents took her there, the hospital apparently told her she had a concussion. So, you know, of course, we'll never see the medical records, and that would be a serious HIPAA violation, but it just it gets better. So then mama, mom, mom comes out, and she said that she received a call, and by, me, and by that I mean she comes to the microphone during this press conference today. She said she received a call at 3.01 p.m. that the daughter was in custody. Then she said, well, I, want, I want an attorney. I want an attorney. Right. Okay, good. That's, that's like the first thing that you should have educated your youngster on. And she demanded an attorney, but what she doesn't understand that the Hagerstown police are not a operational law firm. They're a police department. They don't provide legal services. If you can't afford an attorney, as it's explained when you're Mirandized, one will be appointed to you. But otherwise, no, you need to pick up the phone, better call Saul, and get yourself an attorney. So maybe they called Ficker at that time. I don't know. But whatever happened in that situation, I don't know why they had his – maybe they had his phone number. Like I said, I don't know that missing piece of the puzzle, but if I did, I could better elaborate on it. But I don't know whether they called Robin Ficker or what happened, but apparently they got in connection, thus this this press conference. Then they, the mother said the issue would be referred to juvenile services. They didn't explain the charges, and she was charged. It was like uh, disorderly conduct, and apparently, according to reports, they found marijuana on her. I don't know how much. I don't know how little, and we can have a discussion about marijuana, but she's 15. She was busted with pot on her, which sort of… You know, I understand the narrative that they're trying to make that she's an honor roll student, an athlete, and uh, you know this charming young girl. <laughs> okay, and there's no judgment here. I mean, <laughs> you know, kids are going to be kids. We get that, but you know, it sort of cracks that window in your narrative. After the mother came up and and spoke, the question started flying by, I guess, the media who was there. You know, she said, why did she elevate the situation as she did? And so the mother answered, well, she felt that the officers acted improperly. She was confused. She was unconscious. She was wanting mom, the mo- the, her mother said. She was scared. I get all that. But we know she wasn't unconscious. That's for damn sure. Someone out in the audience said, did your daughter act appropriately? And I guess mom being mom said that things could have gone a little bit differently. Well, yeah, 
yeah, this whole situation could have been avoided had she just given her name and information, responded to the officer's questions, or dummied up and said nothing and asked for an attorney, or said I or gave the gave her mother <laughs> gave the officers her mother's phone number so she could come down and handle the situation that wouldn't have resulted in this young girl getting charges against her. I, I just it's so easy to understand. And I understand and I and I, I respect both sides, but once again, this entire situation was completely avoidable. Completely, like 100% avoidable. Then another person at this press conference shouted out, did she dis- disrespect did the young girl disrespect the police officers? And once again, the mother said, well, it could have been handled better on her part. Sure. So then they asked a question, you know, before this incident were you treated fairly by police? And the mother said, yeah, I haven't had any issues before. Okay, fair enough. But then she went on to say that the police involved in this incident with her daughter used excessive force. Then she went on to make a statement, this has nothing to do about race. And then they, she said the police should have carried her not to the police station in downtown but to Meredith's Medical Center. Ficker then went on to say she wasn't treated as a young lady. Well, my question is, does a young lady tell police officers to fuck off? Does a young lady, what appears to be spit at police officers, curse them? I mean... Look, I get it that they, this is how police, this is how lawyers operate. They want to build the best case scenario and put on the best aesthetics for their client. That's just the name of the game. And the young girl said, "I was very upset and confused." You know, she claimed that she had a concussion, that she lost consciousness to. For two minutes. Then she tells the officers, she said at least 30 times, she's, and this is what she said on the video during today's press conference, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. No, no, I'm okay. No EMS. So if you're – was she okay? Was she not okay? So you see the gaps in the story. You know, then a question was asked during the press conference whether they're going to sue her. Whether Ficker's going to sue civilly. You know, he said, well, I, I don't want to get into that now, but there's the old saying that don't get mad, get even. Get even. Oh, so then at the then somebody asked – I'm not sure if it was Dave Geisberg, the mayor of Hagerstown. But then somebody asked, you know, are, are, you know, what about your showboating lawyer, this guy? So then Ficker gets into a shouting match during the press conference as he's standing next to his client – with the city of Hagerstown's mayor, and then, you know, the mayor said, "Look, I, 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 I show, compa- I have compassion for this situation. I empathize with you." You know, the mayor was there to to, t- to take in both sides. I get that. It was a responsible thing to do. He sat and watched. 
But then, <clears throat> I mean, just to show you how incredulously inopportune the whole situation was, Ficker gets into a shouting match with the city of Hagerstown mayor, telling him to go make a campaign speech somewhere else. I, I mean, it was just a total embarrassment that ended with the young girl leaving the seat, walking away from the press conference, maybe in sheer embarrassment. And then you have Ficker standing there, the family shouts, the mayor shouts. I mean, it was just, it was a mess. It was an absolute mess. It should have never happened that way. But if they hired a responsible attorney, one who isn't Robin Ficker, it would have gone a completely different way. I mean, what was this young girl doing there anyway? I mean, typically lawyers, they go out, they speak on behalf of the family, they make a quick statement. They're not out there to showboat. Uh, that's their legal representation. That's their public mouthpiece for the family, for the young girl. I mean, this was a mess. It was a, it was a shoddy organized event, half-assed as usual, and it just made the family look bad. And like that's the last thing that they need right now is to be made to look bad by a hack of a two-bit attorney like Robin Ficker. Good God. You know, so let's just sum this issue up. I'm going to go until 1030. I'm going to sign off because I'm tired, and I'm sure you're tired of listening to me. So let's just sum this up. The young woman possessed weed, admitted to smoking it. She was seen leaving the scene of an accident. She was disobeying lawful police orders. She failed and refused to identify herself. She resisted arrest. She assaulted multiple officers numerous times. She engaged in disorderly conduct to the point that police officers had to spray her. You know, that's like, I don't know, seven criminal counts after the one minor infraction she was being questioned for, which I guarantee you that had she just called mom, they would have probably just issued, issued some sort of – I don't know if it was a ticket or exchanged insurance. What I imagine would have happened is that it would have exchanged insurance, and she would have gone home, and the mother would have said, hey, watch out where you're going. Be more considerate. Pay attention. You know, The victim in this whole incident is the man, the elderly gentleman, whose car is now damaged. And I'm hoping that the mother does take responsibility and exchanges insurance, but I'm, I'm sure I'm wishful thinking here. You know, the scope of this investigation was really only just one basic question. Her name. She refused to provide it. This all could have been over with if she just would have said, well, uh, you know, I wish to remain silent. Call my mom. Or she could have said, well, my name is so-and-so and, you know, whatever. You know, as a minor, police are legally need, – they need to notify her parents when these events occur. So look, they needed her name. Or she could have called. She could have asked the police, hey, maybe I could call my mom, come down. I'm being detained. I don't want to get involved with it. Blah, blah, blah. I mean it's just – you know, these police officers, they were patient. 
It's a mess. It is a mess. You know, and I wouldn't be surprised the man that um, whose vehicle was damaged in this motorist slash bicyclist accident. Maybe uh, maybe he has a right to pursue damages from this. I don't know. Wouldn't that be kind of interesting? Sort of, I don't want to say poetic, but I mean, maybe this man should pursue damages. But if it so happens that the city of Hagerstown, that Robin Figger thinks he's going to sue the Hager, the city of Hagerstown, which then they're going to be required to expend resources. You know, think about that. Think about how much money this is going to cost the city of Hagerstown. It's a lot. It's going to be a lot. People don't realize that. It's, this is going to be a lot of money. So no one called in, but that's okay. You just let me speak for an hour and a half. Oh, well. You can call me still. We have until uh, 1030. 646-716-5971. We could discuss this incident. Am I right? Am I wrong? Am I out of my mind? So what this all boils down to is that it's it's never right to ju- the rush to judgment People and these social media commentators, they had a lot of things to say. You know, I'm reading the, these comments and what's happened in Hagerstown. And, you know, for the most part, it's supportive of Hagerstown police. And our Facebook feeds, I mean, they're, they're kind of like going off the handle, you know. So my buddy, Chris Abbott, who is a great friend of mine, he's listening to the show. I wish he would call in because I know Chris has an opinion. Chris is Mr. Hagerstown. We interviewed Chris uh, over a year ago, and he agreed to do a sit-down interview. Chris should call in and offer his opinion because I know that uh, a lot of people pay attention to Chris, and you know, some out of jest, but he has a lot of important things to say, and we—he's a friend of this show, and uh, we we appreciate him. But I don't know. So, what's the deal? Is protesters out there? You know, I'm seeing signs out. Uh, I'm looking at social media right now, and people are holding up signs. Fuck the police. That's nice. Yeah. So apparently, there's this other meme that's out there that's like, "We want 150,000 bucks, but we'll settle and get out of court right now." You know, is this family? Here's another question. You think this family settles? They try to. I don't know. I mean, I think that they would be silly to to take this to court. I do. I I don't think that it would be smart to take this to court. But this really just sort of embarrasses the entire city of Hagerstown. And look, I think that there's a learning lesson for this young girl. And there's no judgment here because who knows how I would have reacted. And I was 15 once. You know, I, I, I get it. I mean, I understand, but... What I saw and what you saw, and maybe we have two different interpretations, but what I saw, it didn't help. It just didn't help. And I don't know whether this – I don't know what they're seeking. I mean if they're seeking an apology or if they had a sit-down meeting or a discussion, I mean what I think – what I think that w- this could happen, like we could resolve this issue if 
Both families agreed to meet, sit down with the mayor, the chief of police, city councilmen, the two officers involved, or however many officers involved, and all talk about what had happened. And who knows, maybe the officers are going to drop the charges. But here's what here's the point to make. Mistakes now in the internet error, whether you like or it's a mistake or not, but little does this young lady know that this is going to follow her from the rest of her life. I have made mistakes in my life that have become in that have become figments of Google that are buried in the annals of search engines that people can Google and say, oh, Ryan Miner made a mistake. You know, he got caught for drunk driving, which is true. I did. And it was a big mistake. You know, oh, he, there's, there's an assault charge that he had way back when he was in college, all, like 10 years ago, um, for, for an incident that nobody really knows the story. Oh, yeah. And then they – and this stuff, when I ran for office, it all comes up. And that's why I'm just I'm, – I'm more so – like I, and this is going to sound ludicrous to some people, but in a way – I have compassion for this young woman. I do. I, in a way, I do because little does she know how badly Robin Vicker is serving her. I mean, this is bordering judicial or uh, you know, legal malpractice. And if somebody, maybe somebody really should investigate Robin Vicker's lawyering tactics. But what I'm most fearful of is this young lady's life. Is going to be irreparably damaged because of this incident. It's going to be sprawled all over the internet and similar things like me. Look, I've had negative things picked apart of my life, drawn out, analyzed. People had said the most cruel things about me without even knowing me. I've been open and honest about my own mistakes, but I fear that, you know, I have thick skin. You can throw, you can throw a lot at me, a lot, and I don't buy, and I just. I just don't cave. I mean, I've, I've learned to have and develop thick skin, and it's just it just kind of rolls off my back. But for some people, it's not going to happen that way. And this young girl, I mean, this is this is, I don't want to I don't want to say it's going to define her, but it's going to be tough. And the future for this young lady, now that all this stuff is out here, because I guarantee you, if she tries to take this to court, she's going to lose. She's going to lose. The facts support the Hagerstown City Police. Their policies and procedures work. Their training was in, was demonstrated on the job in real time, and I, and I almost feel bad. So I, I guess – I mean who? Hey, who am I? Like nobody you – know, okay, I'm just a guy with an opinion, and I do this little show, and I write this little blog, and people read it. They don't. Who cares? But the important thing to take away is this, is that from this all is like – Although this could go away if they handled this the right – so if they hired somebody that actual that had actual PR experience, <laughs> you know, maybe that's the route to take. Like, hey, we can start over. She's 15. People will forgive this young girl. Trust me, they will. Trust me. Redemption is a powerful thing. People can overlook this and say that she's 15. Seriously, they, I mean, people forgive, have forgiven me. Some haven't for my indiscretions. I've made mistakes, things that I regret in my past. 
mean, damn, I remember this stuff comes up every day. One of these days, I'm going to have to explain to those two beautiful kids of mine that I made, that I screwed up, that I effed up. It's embarrassing, but I don't know. I mean, this, I don't know. This whole situation was avoidable, and it just, it made it worse. And I, you know, you, you pay attention, you watch the train wreck, right? You know, people like the train wreck. You know, this, it's what's hot, it's in the media popular it's something to talk about it, it gets Hagerstown in an uproar it's our small town, it's our little slice of fame but it's not the right fame it's not the right kind of fame it's not what we want, we want to talk about all the great things that our city <laughs> we want to talk about how great our barber in the arts is, we want to talk about our restaurants and our, our music festivals we want to talk about our city park we want to talk about the history of Hagerstown, what makes Hagerstown a great small town to raise families, not this junk. You know, it's just not one of these other – that's why I'm I, – I, I guess I'm so sensitive to this because I don't want Hagerstown to become just this another internet sensation for a few days. It fizzles out. Everybody forgets. But this young lady, people aren't going to forget because now this is a part of her. So, I mean – like I said, people forgive easily, and I i don't know. I'm not one to judge, and I don't judge her. I just wish that she would have had the education behind her belt not to make these the decisions that she did. I know she was scared. I know she was upset. She was frantic. But look, the press conference today that they held, folks, the video shows otherwise. She was in the wrong, and it's time to teach. If you want to make a lesson out of this, it's to take responsibility. I've had to take responsibility for my mistakes, and it hurts, and I had to do it in a very public way. I admitted that I admitted that I was wrong. But guys, ladies that are listening, this young girl has her entire life ahead of her. She's in school. She's trying to get an education. I mean, think about that. How is she going to focus on her schoolwork when this cloud is hanging over her life at this most important and critical time as she's in you know in her adolescent years. I just hope that she gets better legal representation. I hope that she can sit down and talk to the police and understand their perspective and maybe they will understand hers and then they can put this all behind them because this city, or I, uh, the city of Hagerstown doesn't this is not the type of attention that it needs. So I have 90 seconds left. I appreciate your time. I know it's a long show. I know it's a stressful topic, and it's just one of those things. But look, here's the takeaway. Learn how to – cooperation is not always a bad thing. Educating yourself on how to interact with police goes a long way. Having a discussion sort of – would have been a much better alternative, but uh, it didn't turn out that way, and it's just – it's a sad situation. I feel for her. I feel for her parents. But if I could just impart one piece of advice, I urge you, I importune you, I, I, I'm begging this family to get rid of this two-bit hack of an attorney, Robin Ficker, because he is only going to drag you down even further, and you need calm and peace at this time in your life. 
and you need this to just go away as best as you can, not to continue to incite and fan the flames of more unrest. She doesn't need that. My name is Ryan Miner. This is a minor detail. Find us on the web at a minor detail.com. We'll have more about this incident. Thanks for listening. It's a Thursday night. I know football's on. So have a great weekend and come back and listen again every Sunday at 9 p.m. Good night.